You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, August 12th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, site that I'm a staff writer for. Great new website, it's launched basically a month and a half ago. Really, really good stuff. Uh, check out that site for sure. Or maybe check out some of my pop culture and entertainment-related work at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Bloody Disgusting, Film Cred, and more, and hopefully many more to come. But most importantly, guys, of this year Lockdown Padres podcast, you can check out and follow a Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel like you may be so inclined. You can hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very best to get back to you and even get back to you here on the show. Lately, actually, though, speaking of getting on the show, if you send me a five-star review on the Apple Podcast app, you are guaranteed if you write in the little review section, uh, whatever your question is, I will answer. Just ask anybody who already did that. I answered all your questions. Uh, so for sure, be sure to do that, guys. I'm not above bribery for my five-star rating. Um, today's episode is brought to you by the Locked On MLB Podcast. It is hosted by the walking baseball encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan. But please, guys, just do me a favor. Call him silly, okay? Every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both past and present, exciting routine you know, check-ins from Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts, guest interviews, all sorts of stuff. That man is a beast over there, my guy silly. Subscribe to Locked On MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. And for today's show, guys, it is a super duper crossover extravaganza with Mr. Millard Thomas, Mr. Millard Thomas of uh, Locked On Diamondbacks. I haven't talked to him in a while, and we talked for a while on this one. So it's actually going to be the entirety of the podcast. Really, really fun. I promise you, uh, because let's just get right into it. Let me just quickly recap yesterday's game. I feel like there's not much to discuss. The Padres lost seven to nothing in a afternoon game, which was, you know, exciting in terms of just me not having to go to bed super duper late. I'm able to record this like right after I just finished dinner, uh, which is great. So I'm really happy about that, but uh, it did not go well for the Padres. Ryan Weathers gives up six runs and Sandy Alcantara in fairness, I think is a pretty solid pitcher. The Marlins are not a good team whatsoever, but they can give you some good starting pitching performances every now and then. Sandy Alcantara, as part of that Trevor Rogers even Pablo Lopez I know he's on the aisle but still uh, in terms of Ryan Weathers my take is this he's clearly uh, was performing a little bit above his head for the not even a little bit but clearly above his head his ERA uh, after today ran all the way up to 4.72 uh, which is crazy considering not too long ago actually as of July 24th it was at 2.73 so he's been getting lit up in three straight starts eight runs six runs six runs and not against the best teams by the way this is against the Rockies the Dimebacks and the Marlins so that's really all you have to know about that game he's still 21 years old so let's not act like this is the beyond end all but clearly especially being on an innings limit uh the Padres lack of a back end of the rotation and concrete starting rotation is really starting to flare up and we need to hope man that Darvish Snell and Musgrove are going to be able to hold it the rest of the way because who knows what happens with Lamette and um Chris Paddock in terms of their injuries and 
in the case in the in the case of the latter, his inconsistency in Chris Paddock, um, and also Tatis probably going to be activated for this upcoming Diamondback series. As of right now, that I'm recording, there hasn't been an update on that, but nonetheless, uh, still really really exciting. And we'll see. My prediction is actually that he's going to play the outfield for at least one of the games. I think one of the four games they're going to try him in the outfield. That's just me. It might depend on how they're feeling. My mom actually was talking about this. She thinks they're going to go three outfield games and one at shortstop, which I think would be fascinating. But uh, yeah, I guess we're just going to have to see how it goes. And that's basically all I have to say, guys. Uh, For tomorrow's pod, we will be doing a recap, I think, at the beginning for whatever happens in this Dimebacks game. And hopefully we have more to talk about. But for now, guys... That's enough out of me. Let's begin the conversation with Millard. We talk a little bit about the D-backs, whether or not they should have traded Ketel Marte, you know, where the D-backs are right now heading into this upcoming series. And it's a super fun conversation. So without further ado, guys, let's get it. All right, back on the pod. It's been a minute, but you guys already know who he is. It's Javi Reyes of Locked On Padres. Javi, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing fantastic. It has been a minute, sir, and I'm so excited to be back talking whatever talking d-backs talking padres but just talking baseball and just talking to be honest i, I love doing our crossovers i think they're always full of energy and i always love seeing your face on our zoom calls because you have a peculiar camera setup where it looks like the <laughs> camera's be- below your chin so it's really funny seeing like this perspective every time i really enjoy it man that's because the dell it has the worst camera setup it puts the camera beneath the screen so it looks like everyone's always <laughs> looking up on me so if we want to look at eye level i have to put this laptop on like five stacks of books which is just a very tedious process and also i have to give a quick shout out to you because ps5 is secured all oh! thank you all Let's thanks go. to you, Javi. Oh, uh, you know, give me those. You didn't Twitter, tell me, man. You didn't tell yeah, me. Those Twitter recommendations. I secured it like last weekend or the weekend before that when I came back from Vegas. I've been playing, got the Ratchet and Clank Ooh, going. Vegas. Hey, now. Here we yeah, go. Hey oh, you've now. been playing the Ratchet and Clank. Oh. Okay. okay. <laughs> We'll save that for them. We got to save that for them because we'll save that for them. Hilariously enough, I haven't finished the game yet. I've been doing a lot of work and also just. Watching so many shows that I keep forgetting to just go and finish it. And I like it a lot too. So can't wait to yeah. talk about that at the end. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 been a minute, man. And I'm excited to talk about all this baseball stuff. It's so funny because like I don't think it was our last chat we had. Maybe it was. I can't remember, but the one we did, we did talk about Ratchet Click at the end and anime stuff, <laughs> yeah. which I imagine will get brought up again. But we also it was it was coming off of your team on a mini hot streak back when mm-hmm. there was hope. And I kind of want to like on my edge just go and split up and splice up the audio for when you were just, you came firing out of a cannon when we did our crossover. And that was, I honestly, that was probably the last time there was any semblance of good baseball going out of Arizona. <laughs> and it's yeah. just so funny, like listening back to you. And I know you were doing it for, for the, for, you know, for the bit. For I know sure. you were trying to like excite bit, people yeah. and all that stuff. Eduardo Escobar, Carson Kelly and all these guys. And then it's, and then it kind of fell off and whatnot, I guess. I guess let's just get right into it. What is kind of going on in Arizona land? How is it like, like just covering this team? Because I know it must be quite difficult, especially in baseball. It's not like football and basketball where like, oh, you can look forward to the lottery pick or in football where it's yeah. like, sometimes there's this like masochistic fun thing that happens in football when your team stinks, where you could just complain every Sunday because it's only one day. So what's going on, man? 
Yeah, that's probably the most annoying thing about baseball is like after 50 games, this team was pretty much dead in the water. And I saw for watching another 110 of this. I mean, because back, you know, when I was that overzealous character, I mean, it was kind of real. I mean, the D-backs back at the mid-May, they were like top three in home runs, run scored. Like their offensive numbers were insane in the National League. And ever since then, they've fallen off a cliff. I believe in the next two months combined, their win total was less than the month of May. Uh, right now, they're having a pretty deep, they're actually having a pretty decent second half. We're no, you know, top contender, but we're like five games under 500 in the second half. That's actually an nice. incredible pace for the D-backs. So yeah, covering this team every day, uh, it's it's tough. You got to find the little things that make you happy when covering this team. You know, maybe it's that young gun coming in from, from, the, from the farm system, you know, that young prospect. Now, usually when that prospect makes his debut for the D-backs, he might give up five earned runs and two home runs. That just seems to be the way it goes. The D-backs developmental system, I don't know what's up with the D-backs developmental system. Uh, usually it seems like the longer you stay with the D-backs, the worse you're going to get, a.k.a. Robbie Ray. I mean, that dude might win the Cy Young all of a sudden. Well, Kyle Gibson now. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring that up. <laughs> yeah, Robbie Ray all of a sudden is one of the best three pitchers in the American League and <laughs> it has not been fun, but thankfully he's in a different league, so I don't even have to watch Robbie Ray. He's on when I'm at work, so I, I don't even he's up in Canada now, so I don't even have to worry about Robbie Ray anymore, not even in this country, but yeah, this team isn't doing too good, but there is some reason for hope, a little bit of optimism, as you saw this Sunday that boy Madison Bumgarner he's been balling oh, no. recently he's just trying to trigger me now <laughs> hey get the rope he's pulling me in Javi he's pulling me in he's got me thinking maybe <laughs> next season I'm not saying the D-backs are going to be good but at least in terms of the rotation might be competitive enough to be you know maybe a wild card rotation I don't know about the rest of the team but I'm just speaking the rotation uh -huh. when if you compare side by side to the Giants yeah a lot of those Giants guys are having very good seasons but just in terms of on paper, you know, name value, Gosman, Gallon. I'm canceled. I'm, I'm going to cancel those two out. And then after that, it's like Alex Wood. It's like Del Scafani. I mean, Merrill Kelly and Bumgarner can match up with those guys in their best season. So I'm mm -hmm. having a little, a little bit of optimism that maybe the rotation next season won't be awful, but still a lot of holes in the lineup. And we have by far the worst bullpen in baseball. It needs a major overhaul. <laughs> Caleb Smith is going back to the bullpen announced yeah. today, and he's immediately going to be our best reliever, sadly. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. This episode, guys, is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure the pointless questions that you're not going to necessarily know the answers to? When you got rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, why choose to spend up to 30, 50, even 100% more on the same parts from a chain, store, or car dealership? Example, for example, the Honda Odyssey fuel pump is 353 from a chain store, and then at Rock Auto, it's only 216 fully encapsulates everything, right? Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer and they have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy to use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Remember, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their little, how'd you hear about us box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And now guys, I need to talk to you about something else. Do you love to order fish when you go out to eat? Are you a fish person? 
but never make it for yourself at home. You know, it's a little bit inconvenient, whatever. Cooking restaurant quality dishes at home starts with high quality seafood and simple techniques from wild Alaskan seafood. Wild Alaskan Company delivers high quality, sustainably sourced, wild caught seafood right to your door. Each shipment contains premium wild caught, individually wrapped portions of delicious seafood that's ready to prepare and easy to cook. And Wild Alaskan Company is how nature intended it to be. Always wild, never farmed or modified, and it contains no antibiotics. You can adjust, pause, or cancel your membership anytime, and they offer 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Get your nutrition from nature with Wild Lasting Company, guys. And right now, because you're listening to this old podcast, you can get $15 off your first box of premium seafood when you visit wildalaskancompany.com slash locked on MLB. Remember that is wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB for $15 off your first box. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not happy to hear that Bass of Upgarder is a, just a total disaster trash fire. I obviously don't like him as much, but of course I've told you, Joe Kelly is my real true arch nemesis. At least, <laughs> yeah. at least Bass of Upgarder has been like, I don't know, good before. Unlike, unlike Joe Kelly, who we all just pretend we fade excitement. Like, oh, look at him throwing fastballs at people's heads. That's really fun. But um, yeah, I think that with the D-backs, it's very much like if anybody right now is saying, oh, no. What are you talking about, man? Better rotation than the Giants. First of all, who knows? It's baseball. Second of all, I actually understand your point about Gallon and Gosman potentially uh, canceling each other out. And three, give my guy a break. I mean, he's got to hold on to some hope. You know what I mean, folks? Like, this is, it's really tough over in Arizona. And we're playing each other starting. We're not recording this, uh, uh, you know, on the day of, but we're playing each other this weekend, which is really mm-hmm. cool. And that should be exciting. Um, at least for, for, you know, baseball fans for, of these two teams. And I think that with the D backs, you mentioned, you mentioned Robbie Ray, which is like one of, I think the first crossover you and I ever did, which like disturbingly enough was like a year and a half ago. That's how long we've known each other, I think. So that's, <laughs> yeah. that's really disturbing to think about. One of the things I asked you about was Robbie Ray and the trade stuff. And like, you know, I told you how I love Robbie Ray. I think he's so much fun, but I don't like him as much anymore because he's actually good now. You know what I mean? And it's actually a little bit of a surprise given that you would think heading over to not just transitioning leagues, but he's heading over to the American league with the DH you would think. So this is when he recaptures that like 2017, whatever year it was form mm-hmm. where he was like top six and Cy Young striking yeah. out every batter. That's what he's been this year. And that's one of the things about the blue Jays is their rotation. Well, they did just bring uh, Barrios. They also have Alec Manoa, and then they have Robbie Rice. So maybe not that bad. Don't sleep on the Blue Jays. It wouldn't shock me if the Blue Jays have a Philadelphia Phillies-like win streak at some point uh, this year because that division is super contentious. I actually think it's super fun, the AL uh, East. But what do you think, I guess, let me just ask you, how are you feeling about the return you got from Robbie Ray after that trade that occurred and what have you? Yeah, let me look up the trade I'm because what, sure, I don't even remember what it was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they got Travis Bergen back in that deal. And I don't even think he's with the team right now. Let's see Oof. if I could find it. Blue Jays do acquire Robbie Ray because Robbie Ray, uh, I got into a little not Twitter spat, but so because I commented <laughs> like, oh, Robbie Ray's having a good season, you know, got out of Arizona. That change of scenery really helped him. And someone responded. No, all they did was give him back his original delivery that he used in 2017. The D-backs tweaked with his delivery so much, he turned into a totally different pitcher. So all the Blue Jays did would let him go back to his basics, and now look at him. He's back to his 2017 form. And the D-backs acquired, yeah, I was right, Travis Bergen in the Robbie Ray deal. That's one of those deals where 
it's like, yeah, just give me, you know, some random pitcher off your staff. Uh, he's not actually Travis Bergen. I forgot about this. He, we actually traded him back to the Blue Jays for a deal earlier this season. So he's actually back on the Blue Jays. So the guy we got in return for Robbie Ray is actually back on the team that traded him to oh, no. us. That's how. That's what the D-backs are doing out here. I totally forgot about that. I believe we acquired Travis Bergen in some random deal earlier in the year. Maybe it was in that uh, Nick, Nick Heath deal. Uh, D-backs. Oh, we just purchased. We purchased? Oh, he was purchased by the Blue Jays from the D-back. So we actually traded him for just straight-up cash, it sounds like, or he just bought us. I think we designated him, and then the, the Blue Jays acquired him. So whatever happened, mm-hmm. we acquired Bergen for Robbie Ray, and then somehow yeah. the Blue Jays ended up with Bergen again a year later. So you could say it was a fleece, okay? If that was in <laughs> fantasy, you would call that a fleece. And so the oh, D-backs man. got an awful return <laughs> for a guy who might win Cy Young this year. I mean, that's that's what the D-backs <laughs> do. They don't know. I mean, just look at our trade deadline. We're going to talk about the Padres in a second, but I thought that, you know, they had me on the MLB trade deadline show because I thought the D-backs <laughs> were going to be, you know, a fire sale. I thought they were going to be what the Chicago Cubs were. And none of it happened. We moved Eduardo Escobar. But, I, you know, I hate that. I hate the return we got there. If you want to talk about a, a crappy return, I mean, we got back a 26-year-old catcher who's never caught a game in the majors before and an 18-year-old prospect who's not even, you know, he's in like the Dominican League right now. Might not see him for seven years. So we'll see what that return turns into. And then, Outside of that, we traded Joaquin Soria to the Blue Jays. Just more. We're just here to help out the Blue Jays. We just <laughs> yeah. want the Blue Jays to win the World Series. I guess. That cheering candidate for the Blue Jays. <laughs> yeah, Soria's not like, you know, he, he was like average this year. But we, the D-backs never are in position to close games. So it's kind of pointless to even have a closer on your team when you're the, the Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. So we still don't know the return there. Two players to be named later. So th- those are my f- – that's my favorite name, PTB. NL players to be named later. I think I got that right. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's All it. right, yeah, look at that. You nailed like, it. You nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> I nailed it. I'm nailing it. Unlike the D-backs nailing the trade deadline. So, uh, yeah, it's the return hasn't been good for Robbie Ray. The return hasn't been good for anyone. I hate the trade deadline. Even though it was really fun outside the, you know, what Arizona did, it was maybe the most exciting deadline of any sport, you know, in American sports history. Uh, yeah, but, seriously, yeah, just a hundred percent. I mean. Especially because let's take it. You, you bring up the big words there. All right, all right, all right. Undisputed with Skip and Shannon. All right, the American sports history. But like, it's not that far off. I've been saying a bunch of times on my podcast that the deadline was the last one that was that good was basically 2015. 2015 was the Tulowitzki again to the Blue Jays, which has been they've been like the heroes of today's podcast. The the Blue Jays getting Tulowitzki, they get David Price, Carlos Gomez. For all my baseball fans that remember when he was like a genuine really good player. He goes to the Astros. You had the UNS Cespedes trade that year. I think you had Johnny Cueto get moved. You had Ben Zobris go to the Cubs, if I'm not mistaken, or the Royals. I think it was the, it was the Royals. It was the Royals. He signed with the, with the Cubs. But there was like a lot of moving pieces. And this one, we always talk about teams that they should have a fire sale. Right. We, mm-hmm. The D-backs, they should have a fire sale. Trust me, the Padres have been in this uh, position before. Just go far as back as uh, so 2016 when they had when they first brought in Myers and Upton. Everyone's like fire, fire sale and they didn't quite fully do it. That's what always happens. You never quite always get those full fire sales. There's always a couple guys that move right like the biggest, biggest trade piece. But it's never a fire sale. This year, we genuinely got that with the Chicago mm-hmm. Cubs. Javi Baez, the only one that's still there is Wilson Contreras, basically. But they they get rid of Kimbrell. They get rid of Bryant. They get rid of Javi Baez. They get rid of Anthony Rizzo like they got rid of 
everyone on that team. And if you want to count Darvish, I mean, but that was, you know, last offseason, obviously, to my team. And then you have who's the other team that had a major fire? So the Nationals, and they did it in yeah. the span of like 24 hours, which was just uh, unbelievable. And then your team, you did get managed to trade away Eduardo Escobar. I guess the final question I do want to ask with you in terms of your team, and then we can kind of transition to whatever the heck we want to talk about, I guess, <laughs> yeah. is. Is oh, do I you... got questions, Javi. Don't you oh, worry. I got questions. <laughs> you got questions. All right, I'm excited. <laughs> Don't you man. worry. I'm excited to relive my PTSD for the, the trade deadline. Um, Ketel Marte, very uh-huh. good player. Do you think they should have moved him? Do you think it was smart they, they kept him? What is kind of the thinking there? Because I know that there are a ton of teams that would have wanted him. Because breaking news, he's one of like the 10 best outfielders in baseball. At minimum, by the way. The guy, I mean, even when you see him play against the Padres, you're like, holy smokes, this, this, this guy's a good player. So how is it feeling about the, the Marte party, I guess? Which no yeah, longer the Marte it, party, but, you know. It's a party of one now, but that's it's okay. Party of one. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're all loners <laughs> out here. I'm a loner. That's okay. Uh, can tell Marte, yeah, I I thought they should have kept him. One, he's super young still. He's still only 27 in the prime of his career. So realistically, you know, you got that Bumgarner deal. So realistically, you still want to try to win in the next two to three seasons, if that's even possible. So we'll see there. And the other reason why I think it's smart to keep him, Ketel Marte is not getting paid a lot. This is the guy who's making less, $10 million or less for the next three seasons. He's locked up for three more years at $10 million or less. There's a couple mm. of team options in there. But still, I, I, why wouldn't the D-backs pick up an $8 million team option? So if he's locked up for three more seasons. You can still you still got another season or two to play with before you feel like you have to trade Ketel Marte. And we, you know, Mike Hazen, the GM of the D-backs, he had to step away for some time because of personal health reasons with his wife. But the assistant GM said, Hey, if any major moves are going to come, they're not going to come during the trade deadline. And he was specifically talking about Ketel Marte. So mm. there still might be a scenario where Ketel Marte moves during the summer, but I think they're mm-hmm. going to at least wait another season. Yeah, maybe there's two. no rush. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, yeah. And then when you get in that lame duck year, like how the Rockies are with Trevor Story yeah. right now, I don't think we're going to do the Trevor Story oh, thing. Yeah. And actually, I think we'll actually move Ketel Marte at that point because that's where history has shown us with the D-backs. Zach Ranke, Paul Goldschmidt, when it's time to – pony up and and pay these guys the d-backs don't want to do it they did pay granky but once he was starting to come off yeah yeah and they paid bumgarner yeah so they they paid the you know the really old pitchers who are out of their prime that that's their mo i guess when it comes to big free agent spending (laughs) so i I think the d-backs will eventually move ketel Marte if they're still you know a bottom five team in baseball in the next two seasons but Right now, let's just keep him. And guess what? Who cares? Let's lock him up for 10 more years, even, <laughs> even if the D-backs aren't good for the next two, because you're still going to want, you know, someone to build around, you know, even if he's 32 years old, baseball players can be productive till 37, 38, 39. So I don't think there should be any rush to trade Ketel Marte. I actually think they should be doing the opposite and going all in and try to lock him up because I don't think he's going to be super expensive. I feel like the the value of Ketel Marte from like outsider's perspective, I feel like he's not super highly valued in, in today's game. Like I, I feel like people don't view him on the level of like a Trevor Story or Francisco Lindor or some other similar type players who he his offensive production matches, but I, I just don't think his name value carries the same weight as a lot of other guys. Mm-hmm. And it's certainly not like, you know, this this is one of those guys where the power doesn't always show up, right? Like, I mean, I'm just yeah. looking at the numbers. And granted, he's only played 44 games. So that needs to yeah. be brought up. He's only played 44, but four home runs. He's got a good slash line, though, with the slugging and the on base and batting average skills. So it, it clearly shows that last year was a weird kind of fluky, weird 2020 season with the two home runs, which he proceeded to eclipse in, what, a week this year, which is very <laughs> yeah. weird. Um, But, like... Ketel Marte, I think, is going to be very interesting. You bring up the Rockies. Yeah, like the Trevor Story, he himself 
voicing his displeasure with that whole thing, just being really frustrated and being like, I'm confused. I don't know what's going on here. Clearly, the Rockies should have traded him before the season or they at least should have traded him. But I guess they like compensation picks, man. I, I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, it's 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 a rough dis- kind of a place to be for the D-backs fans, I guess. Yeah, that's probably another reason why they didn't they didn't trade him because you had been selling low on Ketel Marte. Like you just said, he's been hurt like the whole year. Like he's been elite whenever he's been on the field, but that hasn't come, you know, uh, you know, often. And I want to talk a little bit later because I did see a report saying Tatis may play a little center field. Mm-hmm. I just want to give you a warning now. That's a big reason why Kelton Marte is getting hurt so much is because he's playing so much goddamn mm-hmm. center. He should be going <laughs> back to second base or it's a lot safer position. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, guys. That's right. Baseball season in full swing. Second half in full swing. We're like 68% done with the season. And you can track it all at Bet Online, And not just with baseball, but all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA. They got you covered, man. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember that promo code locked on. Bet online, guys, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, but before we get there, you know, we've been talking a little trade deadline. And, you know, we got it. We got to talk about the Padres trade deadline. But I actually want to talk to you a little bit about this weekend series. I know it was a couple of days ago, but mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about you, Darvish, because Talking yep. with Sully, he brought up, you know, he mentioned a point that since the crackdown, you mm-hmm. Darvish has been scuffling a little bit. And I want to know from you, do you feel like the crackdown has affected you Darvish a little bit? Because he was dominant Saturday against the D-backs, no doubt about it, but it was the D-backs. So I, I think I might <laughs> be able to go out there and give you three to four innings against my own team. But you Darvish pre-D-backs gave up at least four earned runs in four of his five previous starts. And that was beginning in July. So do you feel like the crackdown has affected you, Darvish, a little bit? Yeah. So like post crackdown, basically, you Darvish's year was, has been around like 6.25. Before then, it was 2.2, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, at least very, very similar numbers. All I know is a six out of two. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. I think it has to be brought up. It could be that he's in a bad stretch. It's happened before. There are plenty of pitchers that start off slay. Luis Castillo is the reverse of this, where Luis Castillo was awful to begin the season. And then in the post-crackdown, he's been one of the more important ace number one pitchers in baseball lately. Uh, he's been awesome, especially with that strikeout rate. He's been awesome for the Reds, and they're the team that's right on our heels. So there's it's definitely not for sure that this has been a part of it. But you look at stuff like his RPMs, you look at his, his rotations per minute, his revolutions per minute, as the scholarly folk like mm. to say with this stuff, that it went down basically by a lot granted it's going down for a lot of pitchers right now. And I actually do think that while it is good uh, in a vacuum that major league baseball is kind of cracking down on this, there's one thing from using pine tar to using spider tack and some of this stuff where people are like, I go over to pick up the ball in the grass and it literally like it's stuck to like, like, all right, like we need to probably relax with that stuff. But I also think at one hand, it's like they did do it mid season. And I think that doing it midseason might not have been the best course of action. I'm not just saying this because of my pitcher. Believe me, there's every other team has been affected by this. You know, it's mm-hmm. not just my team. So I do wonder if was that a little bit of a mistake? Maybe. But on the other hand, it's like, all right, are you guys like you guys are major league baseball pitchers? You can't 
tell me that it's like throwing jello now compared <laughs> to throwing like a brick. You know what I mean? Like it's very, so I, I, on one hand, my thing is like, I do feel for you guys. I do think it was really poorly executed on major league baseball's part. Just kind of boom. We're seeing that offense is down panic button, get rid of the spire attack, everything. We won't even give everybody like a notice and all that stuff. And then you have Garrett Cole looking like a buffoon in the press conference, which was hilarious by <laughs> the way. Um, even though he's back to looking pretty, pretty steady himself. But I, I do think that at the same time, it's like, all right, guys, come on, your major league baseball pitchers, figure it out. So I'm definitely worried about it. It's definitely something to be brought up. And it's not like he generated a ton of whiffs uh, on his stuff against the D-backs, which is a bad team. Um, so, but my other thing is like, he's you Darvish and he's been dominant before and he'll figure it out. He's a constant, infamous in some ways, tinkerer. This is a guy that throws like 90 different pitches. He has the Supreme. He has the Supreme split finger. He has the curve. He's got the change up. He's got the fork ball and the Kajor ball and the cork tastic ball. You have a little hmm. ratchet clink reference. Whatever. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's all sorts of stuff that he's got. So with his repertoire and how seemingly addicted he is to tinkering with his game. I think he's going to be okay. I think the question though, is whether or not he's going to be an ace ace anymore. It wouldn't surprise me if he regresses to just being solid, like a solid, good starter, but not being that wipeout ace at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And that might affect the Padres uh, going forward, especially with the, the struggles largely from the rest of the rotation. Yeah. And I'm going to need a larger sample size, but so far in that start against the D-backs, his spin rate stuff was back up to where it was pre crackdown. So mm-hmm. that, that's just something to track. Maybe it was a little blip on the radar. I think there's definitely mm-hmm. correlation between his bad play and the crackdown stuff, but that doesn't mean he can't figure out, you know, mm-hmm. a, a different way to start delivering his pitches to get back to the, you know, the level of effectiveness he was at pre crackdown. So I wouldn't be too worried about you Darvish. I mean, he's still stud. I mean, he is a little bit older. Maybe there's some arm fatigue there he's a guy who's throwing a, a lot of innings over his career uh because how old is he like 34 35 I want 34 say. 34 yeah so he's got some he got some miles some miles on that body some miles on that arm but I don't think I'll be too worried about you Darvish but let's transition now to the trade deadline I just want to know before we get into any particulars about the trade deadline just what was your overall takeaway from the trade deadline uh just just not as your team but as a whole we talked about a little bit uh, you know, you're saying a little bit that maybe it wasn't the craziest trade deadline in MLB history. The one you just brought up, uh, you know, that what was it, 2015, you said yeah, 2015. Yeah, that's that sounded pretty crazy. I, mm-hmm. I totally forgot about some of those moves. Uh, but this the, the reason why I said this one might have been the craziest ever, just because if you try to go to like MLB trade rumors, their top 60 trade targets entering the deadline. I feel like 50 of them were moved. Like, yeah, it, pretty much anyone that was rumored to move, move, be moved at the deadline, mm-hmm. they were moved. So what would just your overall? takeaway as a whole from the deadline look the deadline made me sad uh in a lot of ways which i imagine you're about to ask me about but Mm -hmm. just in terms of non-padres related it was crazy and it was awesome for the sport man i mean i mean every people are also forgetting like there were some guys who were rumored to go to teams that they just didn't i mean everyone was assuming that um What's his face? Adam Frazier was a prime target for the White Sox. All of a sudden, he's on the Padres. Everyone was, I mean, the Boston fans basically chopped it up. It's a done deal. They're getting Anthony Russo. And then he goes to the Yankees. And then they also get Gallo. Andrew Heaney gets moved around. The Yankees, a team that everyone thought was just dead. And there's, they can't buy. There's no way they can improve the roster. Guys, it's freaking baseball. Uh, GMs don't just log on to baseballamerica.com and then decide which of the things that they can actually trade. No, everybody views things differently. If, if, if that's how it was, that you and I could be GMs. It could be like, oh, this is our number three prospect. Do we want to give them up? No, there's more to it than that. And, you know, like you said, everybody, I mean, with Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, uh, with um, 
you know, I mentioned Adam Frazier and Anthony Rizzo and, and, and Joey Gallo, and then Craig Kimbrell going to the White Sox, just helping to bolster that bullpen. Even even guys like Daniel Hudson, Richard Rodriguez, the Braves, just taking all these dart throws on random teams. And I'm probably forget Jose Barrios, who was a trade target for everybody, and it started heating up. And then he goes for a, a sizable package return from the Blue Jays, uh, and that was really fun. Like uh, also Nelson Cruz to the Rays. I know it didn't happen in, like the last day or so, but even that was big a big move. So basically all across the board, man. And you even got some dumb stories. Like we already talked about the Rockies and why didn't they sell? We get to make fun of them. That's fun. And then you also have like the Mariners who uh, my, our guy, Jerry Depoto just might've lost the clubhouse. So that's a whole <laughs> yeah. other thing. Right? That's a whole other thing that happened. Like it was, it, I think it was great for the sport. I, I really, really do. And I think that I even said this before the deadline, and I still stand by it. I think the MLB trade down is objectively the best trade deadline right now. Football, nothing ever happens. None of the important players ever move around. You got to yeah. figure out. There's too much that has to be figured out with systems. You don't see a quarterback getting traded. It just doesn't happen. If you're mildly good, you get extended in this league. I mean, Sam Darrell, everybody's like, oh, that's a trade asset. It's like, has he thrown the long ball once <laughs> well in his career? I don't know. Why are we acting like that was a noteworthy move? It's just <laughs> anyone who can like play the position they never give up quarterbacks in the nfl and then you have in the nba used to be really good i think it's still solid you can have some moves but i think these days teams are really smart and they don't want to give up giant assets they don't want to pull a james dolan for carmelo anthony you know what i mean so i think that they're realizing oftentimes you're not going to break through halfway through the year you might know who you are by then so the nba guys just got a little bit smarter in baseball all sorts of craziness happens all the time and i think it was fantastic and while it did make me sad, I want more MLB trade deadlines like this for years to come. Yeah, the MLB trade deadline this year is how we envision the offseason should be when it comes to MLB free agency. Yes. Because free mm-hmm. agency is just so slow. It, it takes like three months for anyone to get signed. Like last year, the winter meetings came and went and still nothing happened. Usually the winter meetings is like, all right, all the GMs are getting together. We're about to see some big moves. I remember 10 years ago, that's when the pool holes and the CJ Wilsons and all those fat contracts came about. Usually mm-hmm. the winter meetings is when those fat deals get laid, but that didn't happen this year. And the last few years, you've had to wait later and later in the off season for players to start to get picked up. So I kind of like this MLB trade trade deadline because it gave you a taste of what the offseason could be. So I think that's where baseball could still really capitalize because look at the NBA free agency. 80% of the free agents are gone literally after the first two or three days. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like Dennis Schroeder was like begging teams to come take him because uh, no one else had money. Like all the money's gone after the first three days. So mm-hmm. I think it would be more fun if baseball did that would just create a greater urgency if you try to buy the players immediately that became available because then you know it just creates more competition for everyone in the league to try get in on one player so i still think baseball could capitalize a lot on their off season but overall i thought the braves i i don't know if i like their moves but they were intriguing to go after it was intriguing right yeah yeah solaire rosario duval is like (laughs) pretty much every just you know solid like second or third outfielder out there we're like hey come over here if you're like a mid if you're like arguably the best outfielder on your team but no one really wants to pay you just come over here and we'll take care of you uh the yankees yeah i felt like also a theme with the deadline a lot of the teams like you said that we thought were going to get the players it was ended ended up a lot of times being the secondary team that got the player like Dodgers with Scherzer, like you said, Yankees with Rizzo. A lot of times it was the secondary team, the team that we didn't know was the favorite to to get the player, That the team that might have been in second in those, you know, uh, bidding wars. They ended up coming away with uh, a lot of the top players. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But 
overall, this was a, a pretty crazy deadline, pretty fun. And and cut everybody that about does it for part one of my discussion with Miller Thomas of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Before we wrap things up for today, I need to talk to you about the brand new Locked On Bets podcast. You know, betting on the Padres or any team, whatever it is, maybe you're betting on the Reds right now, or you're betting on the, the Giants or the Yankees, whatever. It doesn't have to be a total guessing game. If you listen to this podcast, uh, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling lock of the day follow the lockdown bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast guys really good stuff over that those two are kind of doing and in terms of what i'm going to be doing for the future of this podcast tomorrow probably going to be recapping uh the first game of this diamondback series unless we get just a tragic tragic showing again which i'm i'm confident won't happen at least i'm pretty confident you know but I guess we'll have to see how it pans out. And also, I'm going to be writing about um, fantasy baseball, kind of the biggest bust of the season. Uh, that should be over at Just Baseball uh, soon, very soon. And also, I'm going to be writing about Manny Machado. I don't know if I'll get that out by the end of this week. I've been very busy. Uh, but basically, just Manny Machado propaganda. And I know you guys like that uh, in any form. So hopefully, you'll like the form that I do. So look forward to that. I'll obviously link it in future podcast episodes when it does come out. Otherwise, just stay tuned on Twitter and on both my account and Lockdown Padres account. And with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast app, wherever. It doesn't matter. But do be sure to send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app because one, it would be very nice, and two, because if you do and leave a review Uh, and in the review you put your question, then it is guaranteed to be answered on the show, guys. How about that for an incentive? Uh, So be sure to do that, and be sure to follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe, and of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.